Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to episode 507 of Flow Wrestling Radio Live. I'm your host, Christian Piles. Joined as always, my two bros, my co-hosts, Ben Askren, Stephen Kyle Brackey. Stephen Kyle recently moved mm-hmm. across town. A little upgrade. Uh-oh. Yeah, a little more size for the ever-growing family. You know, maybe room for another. Who's to say? <laughs> Sorry. Are you breaking news to... for us? I'm... No, I'm not breaking. <laughs> no, I'm not breaking anything. No, I'm just oh, trying okay. to freak okay. him out a little bit, make him a little, make him sweat a little. Um, mm-hmm. Okay, so we got a bunch we want to get into today. Got to talk 184, but first, some real news, some real wrestling real news. news, some real good wrestling news as well. well. We had wrestling news yesterday. People just didn't really want to hear I about s- it all that bad. Yeah, I said real good wrestling news. That was that was not good news. Bad. Oh, that was this bad. This is good, especially if you're. Pat Papalizio and an NC State Wolfpack fan because Steve-O, Steve-O Poulin, um, one of the top-ranked number eight on the big board, mm-hmm. has committed to go to NC State. And I didn't know this was coming so soon. I think Nomad kind of made us aware, hey, this might be coming in the next day or so. And then, boom, decision was in. And uh, But obviously, NC State was on the list, and, and everyone knew that the, the Papalizio connection would probably be strong there. But they, they were up against the, the Blue Bloods as well, um, with mm-hmm. Penn State, Ohio State in the mix, I think Lehigh. Oklahoma State. And Oklahoma State. So a real who's who recruiting battle for Steve-O, Steve-O's services. Um, but ultimately went with NC State. And I think from a lineup perspective, it makes a lot of sense when you consider – um, Camacho likely to go up to 33 at some point. Steve-O is regarded as a career 25. I don't know that those are real things anymore. They they might happen, but I don't know if you can predict which, it. Which, as, part of, as, which, which part of them? Which part? The real I think, the career 25 or what are you saying? I, I think you can't say that anyone's a career 25 really, except maybe Kurt McHenry. But even him, I'll hold out hope <laughs> that he could get too big for 125 someday. Um, but Christian, we do have, we do in fact have career 125. Yes, there, yes, there we do. Okay. But, the, but I think all too often we'll say, oh, this guy's for sure. You, you hear it about maybe not as much by coaches, but maybe some, they think, oh yeah, he's a 25 for sure for good. Sure. And you know, I think about, I mean, a, a real recent example is probably Brody Teske, who I think a lot of people mm-hmm. thought, oh, he's going to be a career 25. He's small and scrappy. You just don't know how much, uh, a, uh, a yeah. Kid, a child is going to grow, you know, at 18 years old. Yeah. Um, 
So anyway, that, that's what I was. That's what I meant, really, because you can't be so sure. But it is generally thought that Steve-O will be a twenty-five throughout his career. Yeah, he wrestled yeah. one thirteen last year, um, and wasn't like one of those kids that's just pulling a bunch of weight to get down mm-hmm. to the lightest thing. Just what he weighed. Um, he, uh, I, I was the one that talked to him. Let's see, a little over a month ago. Um, when we first got his school list and he made it seem like he wanted to take all his visits. Um, but in the recruiting world, stuff changes like this all the time. So obviously, so you said that was, that was, you talked to him during coronavirus. So obviously he knew that yeah. was going on. So we knew taking visits would be difficult. Cause if you asked him and say in March and he was planning on doing it all spring, that would have been reasonable. And then obviously all those visits were all canceled. Yeah. And I think when I talked to him, uh, the recruiting dead period was through May. So I talked to him right at the end of April, and I think it was through May. So he probably thought he would be able to get to these schools by the end mm-hmm. of summer. And uh, they've extended their, they've just keep on extending the recruiting dead period. And we don't know when, like, there's an end in sight, if there will be. So um, he might thought, you know what, I'm just going to make this decision now. He'd already visited yeah. NC State and Ohio State. I, I kind of, Nomad and I kind of both thought Penn State was going to be more involved in this, but it sounded like it was really between NC State and Ohio State. Well, Kale made the decision to quit recruiting 2,500, so I mean, that, that probably factored <laughs> it's not, in for sure. That's true. Well, it is true. Um, <laughs> it's not true. Kyle, it's true. How long, <laughs> Kyle, how long is the recruiting dead period extended for? I think right now through August. Like the end of August? Yeah. Holy crap! Are you kidding I'm gonna, me? I'm gonna confirm it right now. Give these kids out of high school year of eligibility for God's sakes. <laughs> I mean, that's a long time. So, like you're saying, um, say a kid couldn't even go on a unofficial. Say, hey, I want to come check out, you know, some one of my kids in Wisconsin. I, I think he could go to the campus, but he can't have he, any contact with the coaches. With the coaches, right? Oh, that is. Dude, you know, you know, hard. Okay, listen, you know, hard they're making it on juniors now, and I realize maybe the the cream of the crop has been committed, but there's a whole bunch of kids who have not, and you know, school starts in September, so the you know the feasibility of them being able to do all their visits after that is much more difficult. And so, man, taking taking the spring and summer away. I mean, obviously, spring I get, but summer with with everything that's going on. Man, I see thousands of people together all the time on Twitter. What's what's the harm of a kid going to a visit on a college campus somewhere? The recruiting dead period's through July thirty first right now. But okay, everyone that I've heard talk to about it, and this is mainly football people, are like, we don't expect it to end anytime soon. But Kyle, didn't Texas just open up to? They said sports could happen with fifty percent of crowds there. Yeah. I mean, a lot a lot of states are saying yeah. that. I, I just think uh, Texas has got it together, Ben. I think the NCAA doesn't want to deal with potential uh, liability. Yeah. Hmm. That's uh. That's that. That's really wild. Because, yeah, how are these juniors going? I mean, so obviously there's already juniors that are already committed, which is great. But how are the juniors who are not committed going? I guess it's like old times where you do your recruiting visits in the fall of your senior year, and then you commit right away. That's kind of how it was, say, ten years ago, right? I mean, that's what Mark Hall did. I, uh, that's yeah. what I think Dayton did. Um, but that's Robbie, so rare Robbie. these days. That's not. The, I think. Not I think the, the bluest case. of blue often do it because they've kind of got the. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? 
but they have their choices. But the next crop down, that that's who I'm talking about, right? More or less. Yeah, no, no, yeah. You, you could be exactly right. Um, so your your thought, Bracky, is like, do you think we'll see more early commitments just because they're like, all right, we're not, I'm not gonna get on campus, I'm not gonna get to really vet this, so I'll just decide now. And they get haven't. Done with? <clears throat> you haven't really seen that in in wrestling, honestly. There haven't been that many commitments. Um, Connor Nopik. Uh, number 60 on the junior big board just committed to Iowa State. Um, but other than that, there hasn't been, like, this rash of commitments. I think kids are just slow playing it right now, which is smart. Yeah. But it's kind of interesting. Football has been the exact opposite. They have, like, two times the normal amount of commitments they usually have this time of year. What? Um, why? Yeah. why? What's they're, they're reserving their spots. Like, so these schools offer them, and they're like, okay. yes, accept. Like well, they want to, they want to make sure they have, back? huh? Because they're scared of getting it pulled back or what? Well, they're just scared of holding, like waiting and waiting and waiting, and all these other kids have said yes, so the, the schools can only take so many mm. kids. So they're afraid okay. if they wait too long, they won't have a spot. A bird in the hand, Ben. Our favorite uh, expression. I'm just trying. I, so I don't know football. That's why I'm trying to figure out why it didn't happen previously. Because I, I know wrestling, so I could speak to that, but I don't know football. Because usually these kids can, the the spring and summer is really important for juniors because all these schools host camps and they can work with the coaches yeah. directly at those camps yeah. and they get scholarship offers and they get to visit the schools and stuff like that. And now they're not able to. Um, yeah, which is why, like you're saying, in wrestling it's a lot slower than usual. And I would also have expected that to be the case for football. But, yeah, and that's why and when you said that, I was like, what? Some reason, it yeah. seems weird. Yeah, it seems so really weird. The domino here, I think – um, and how this impacts others is him not going to Ohio State or Penn State just cements Richie Figueroa and the crosshairs for those programs, yep. among others. And I know he's still yep. maybe technically verbally committed to Arizona State, but I think everyone knows that he is very much open and um, talking to, to other programs. So I, I think he's very much in play. I don't know. But so, like, okay, Christian, I, I... – I would I understand that he's open, right? That he's not committed, committed. Uh, but so does that mean? Do you think there's a good chance he goes somewhere else, or does that mean you know it's sixty percent Arizona State, twenty percent Ohio State, twenty percent Penn State, or is it opposite? Right? Is it twenty percent Arizona State and then open to the others? I'd be surprised if he goes to Arizona State. Really? Yeah. Wow, that's a bold. It's a bold move, Cotton. Well, I don't know. I mean. If, if you're a lightweight, what? I mean, look, yeah. look at the production there, right? Well, Penn State hasn't had much production at 25 either. <laughs> well, has Ohio State? Yeah, well, uh, yeah, Ohio State had NATO. NATO. Well, NATO has only won 25 for two years. Who else have they had, had that's really uh, good? Three. He was a three year 25, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. No, yeah, no, no, NATO for just one year. He only won one once. Wow. But His he, senior yeah. year, he I came thought, back down. Okay. Fair enough. Yeah. Um, yeah. Wow. Okay. I, I so I thought it was more the other way with Richie Figs, where he was committed to Arizona State, but he oh, was that's open. my gut. That's my gut. That's your gut. Hearing, trust your gut. Hearing what I hear, that's what yeah. I think. I think I think yeah. Ohio State's favorite right now for him. I've heard that as well. But when when Penn wow. State looms, yeah, you know that's uh, yeah that's compelling. That's um. I, so is this the first? This has got to be the bluest of chips that NC State has had. Um, like in their program history, 
Maybe well, Renan, I guess. The Hydleys. Hayden, or... yeah, Hayden Hydley. How, how, how high rate Will it higher than Steve O or no? Well, eight on the big board. I bet. I bet. Uh, I don't know who Hayden was ranked higher coming out. Hayden, Hayden probably Hayden, but but they're they're all they're all relatively close. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Um, Bracky's looking right now. Um, I'm not sure where. Because obviously, you know, when we talk about, you know, when I talk about the history of Missouri's program, or you know, some of these programs who are not traditional blue bloods, and that they. they um, they're up and coming. One of the big things is, and I think you'd say this at NC State, they can make a lot out of a little, right? In these first few classes they got, they made some really good kids out of kids who weren't all that highly ranked. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that they have to start doing to, to make that next step up is having these really high-level recruiting classes. And, you know, and not just like once in a while, but on a very regular basis because that's what other ones do. Right. So, um, Bracky looked it up. In 2016, they actually signed the number one ranked recruiting class, um, led by number four Nick Renan, and uh, mm. Hayden Hydley was number six on the senior big board. Okay. Wow! And then in 2018, they were the sixth ranked recruiting class, and Trent was number 18 on the senior big board. Wow, uh, Trent was that low? I thought he was higher. So Steve, probably like the third highest yeah. profile guy NC State has landed. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the program, Although, I don't know how you factor Gwiz in there being a transfer, but always being a Pat yeah. Pop guy. Remember, uh, Renan was, yeah, like very late in the process because he was flipped from yeah. Northwestern. He was with Northwestern yes. and then made his decision to go to NC State very late. Man, that that's a. At some point, I don't know. It may be just too too sad, but like the Northwestern "What Could Have Been" article <laughs> on the number of guys that had committed oh my there God. and left. It's crazy. I mean, I, I always forget, like, Cassiope, Michich, Renan. Uh, well, Michich was actually there, Christian. Michich actually there. went to college there for a year. Yes. He went there. Um, yes. Sertis. There's more than that. Sertis left. Um, who else? Oh, man. There, there's a couple other. Uh, oh, Beard. Not, Beard. Beard, yes, Beard. You guys say mm-hmm. Cassiope? I, yeah, that was one yeah. of them. Yeah, I said Cassiope. I mean, yeah. just right there. Mm-hmm. And just to have him. Slips through your fingers. I wonder if it's like I wonder. And if even like still, they they're like, like ranked number four right now. Mm-hmm. They're ranked number yeah. four right now, based off like four guys. Like, yeah, yeah. Do you think it's a thing where they think they keep getting to school, or they think initially I'll commit there, and then they they you see how hard the admissions process is going to be, or something? That has happened with some for sure. Um, yeah. I know that's happened. Mm-hmm. Um, some they, they'll mm-hmm. verbal, and then it's like, okay, well, you have bad grades, so Northwestern's yeah. not going to. But some of them, some of them, I don't think were that. I mean, obviously, Mitich was doing fine, and just yeah. you know wanted mm-hmm. to leave after Periano, and, and you know, after with that fallout, I I don't I don't blame any kid for for changing their mind or leaving. But that was definitely a chaotic situation. Yes, um, very. at that point in time, and Coach Dorniel has done a great job of. I don't even know if you say writing the ship, but he's provided yeah. a lot of stability um, there for sure. So yeah, for sure. Okay. So huge pickup for uh for Pat Pop. Yes, big and indeed. Okay, mm. you wanted to talk Lance. Um, Bracky did not watch, but his hatred can still oh, fuel the conversation. Bracky, we said we were going to watch it Thursday, or we were going to talk about it Thursday. Uh, no, I know, and then it didn't come through with the big guest, and you know, so yes, <laughs> can't it. wait. So we got so instead um, of the big guest, we're going to get Lance Armstrong on, dude. 
He's Lance in Austin. coming on today. He's in Austin. He's gonna ride his bike into flow. I'm yeah. sure. He, I'm sure he's aware of flow. You guys should, you know, make the contact there. He is aware uh, of flow. He's actually on that podcast. He was on. He's talked about uh, flow on that podcast before. Because we have a pretty sweet. pretty big get him on b- bikes vertical called Flow Bikes. So he's, can you get him on or what? Come on, make it happen, Christian. Why would I? Try? I don't know. I mean, maybe. I, but <laughs> um, okay, I'll I'll lead it off since I think I'm in the minority. Um, and I, I have mixed feelings, obviously. I thought he was honest and forthcoming. I thought multiple times he said, yeah, I was I was an a-hole in that situation. That was pretty terrible of me. I probably shouldn't have done that. Um, but I think it just gave such great insight into who he was. And I'd read a whole bunch about him. That's why I think I, I, I knew what he was like. I wasn't all that surprised um, by his hyper-competitive um, craziness, right? And that's kind of... You know, I think what turns a lot of people off or what makes a lot of people really angry with him is he was so competitive and so crazy. Um, and then obviously uh, everyone on the tour at that point in time was doping, but he was just the winner. So he was the one that took the brunt of everything that came his way. No, but that's not the point. No, what? That is not. What's the point? That is, it is not that he What's took the brunt point? of it. It's not that he took the brunt of it. The reason he is, is vilified is not yes. simply because he was the best bicyclist cyclist that mm-hmm. got caught doping. He was suing everyone that was telling the yeah. truth about him and ru- literally ruining life after life, causing financial ruin for these people, knowing mm-hmm. the whole time they were telling the truth. That is why Lance is – because there are so many greats that have cheated and fallen out of favor – and mm-hmm. they found a rod, huge cheater, known. Huge people cheater. love it. Yeah. He's on Shark Tank. People, he's a, people he's love a rod. Really? They, oh. He's come like full circle because yeah. he's oh, okay. Just like pretty much admitted to it, and well, he also didn't like Christian was saying just attack people who yeah. came after him. Um, but he's like admitted everything he's done, and he's really good TV personality. Uh, but yeah, I mean Pete Rose is someone that everyone's like, let this guy in the Hall of Fame. People are like fired up that this guy's not in the baseball hall of fame and he was a, he bet on baseball which is like a cardinal sin so i mean there's you go on and on there's been a lot of cheaters right over yeah. the years but no i mm-hmm. i can't think of any example of someone that took it to the degrees that he did not in the cheating but what he did to cover his tracks and how he treated yeah. people and so i think his competitive- why, didn't they, why didn't they why didn't they learn their lesson why didn't they, why aren't they like damn i should i should mess with this dude he's gonna sue me Probably wash my back. Well, because they're trying to tell tell the <laughs> truth about him. I don't know. So, but, but a little bit it was spurned by jealousy because everyone was cheating there. Ever, all of them. They were all guilty. All of them. Well, I don't. Well, they the, all, I mean, Christian, one of them they all was were. a lady. He he's. It wasn't just the cyclist. He was, sued. He was yeah. suing a lot of people. That was a journalist. Yeah. He, he, yeah. Okay. He, listen, I, I, I'm you not were just covering his tracks. I'm not arguing that Lance didn't do horrendous things. That's not what I'm arguing. I'm arguing that um, he was hyper-competitive, which made him a total a-hole. And mm-hmm. I love the insight into that personality because it's like, uh, what will you really do to get to the top? And then you get insight into what some people will do. And honestly, I, I do feel like I'm kind of speaking out, out of both sides of my mouth because in the MMA world, before USADA came on, it was unregulated. And I, and I was probably the most outspoken voice against the uh, – the testing. And Mm -hmm. so now I'm thinking like, well, did I really care about people's health or was it just for selfish reasons? Because I knew I didn't want to cheat and I didn't, I didn't want to do that. So I had to get them to stop cheating. 
right? Right. I mean, I, I really think that. Like, was I doing that for selfish reasons? Because I don't really care if they cheat. I don't really care if they do bad things for their body. Um, I just didn't want them to cheat against me because I, I wanted to win, right? And I think the cheating – so I was very vocal for getting USADA in. I think the cheating has gone down, but obviously – when you see the amount of people who test positive, there there are still cheaters in mixed martial arts, and that, the obvious other difference is in mixed martial arts, you can hurt someone in cycling, you can't necessarily hurt someone else, right? With with the the cheating, I think that I think what I don't like is like the correlation between oh well he's so competitive so he did these things, and that's the excuse. It's like are you not as competitive as Lance or not appropriately competitive because you don't cheat? Like I think that's the that's the path I don't think you should go down or yeah. agree with. Yeah. I mean, well, I didn't say I said the competitive part was him suing everyone because it was just like, I will go to whatever extreme it takes to get this done. And yeah, I mean, listen, it would be, yes, it is more competitive. It is in fact more competitive Christian, but it would be the dark side of it. Right. It's, and it's not so all competitive is not great. I guess some people would say all competitiveness is positive. Well, I would say that's probably not the case. And we see a case here where someone did something really gross um, in order to win. And I, I love the insight into that because, yeah, that is extreme. I, wa I was not willing to go to the extreme of cheating to win. And I, I, want, I was really, I don't really think that makes you but, less competitive. I don't think it makes you less um, competitive. Well, I think in some A true sports, competitor wants to see what they can get out of themselves. But no one was winning the Tour de France without cheating, Christian. It was impossible. Mm. No one was winning. They were not winning. In wrestling, yeah. I, I don't think that's the same. In MMA, I would say I don't think that's the same. In cycling, I don't think they were winning. And now, you know what? You know what part I got really annoyed about? Um, his son, who's probably a nice, a nice, sweet kid, but he says, like, I don't want to take shortcuts. I like to grind. I'm like, bro, you couldn't do a tenth of what your dad did. Shut up. <laughs> like, shut up. Like, that is literally like, one of the hardest yeah, things I know. human I beings can do. You tell me about you don't want to cheat. You want to take shortcuts. Shut up. Just, I was you, like, this kid you, is kind you of you a don't goon. understand. He's like, a goon. You don't understand what this man's been through. This guy is like Lance Armstrong, whether he's a cheater or he's evil, you want to call him. That dude's like one of the toughest dudes on planet Earth. There's just Dude, no doubt he's, about it. He is ridiculous. And he was he's a, a freak freaking way. He was, he was ridiculous way before he cheated, yes. too. He was doing, yes. he was ahead of his time at. 15, 16 years old. And I do think he has an uh, an iron will and resolve that is close to unmatched, right? But yes. It, yeah. And it's probably why he ended up where he ended up. And you know what? The whole time I was like, I don't like, I don't like this guy. I don't like him. I get, I, I identified and understood the competitive nature and like, how how important something was to him like i could i really was like i love this about him and that's like yes. that's something i've kind of always said i really love about wrestlers and wrestling is like it's just they just have a unique view of the world and how important this thing is to them and mm -hmm. that's why i liked lance because i then right and then yeah. he's well, he's a fraud right but then yeah and the whole i basically watched the whole time and then he's they ask him, would you do anything differently? And I was like, okay, here we go. He's going to say <laughs> yes. And then he's like, there's, there's no way he's going to say yes. There's well, no way. There's no way he'll say yes. And then when he said no, he wouldn't change anything. I was like, I'm out. I'm still out. And then he gave the entirety of his answer. He's like, all right, there's three things that could have happened. 
He's like, mm-hmm. yep. one, it completely blows up like it has. Two, mm-hmm. I get away with it scot-free and no one ever knows. Or three, mm-hmm. a kind of a, a mix of the both. That kind of get caught, get a little bit of punishment. He's like, if it was the um if it was the getaway scot-free or the combination, I would have never changed. I yeah. needed a nuclear meltdown. And that mm-hmm. was when I was like, whoa, I actually think he really does get it. And I think he really does yeah. have genuine um, remorse about what he did. And he understands that if he got away with it all, he would still be miserable and hating maybe himself and really knowing he'd still be treating people terribly. Yeah. And even with the combination one as well. So I mm-hmm. thought that was like, I thought that was the moment of the Lance documentary. This dude is, was wild though. I mean, he, he is yeah. Yeah. Um, really special. Yeah. So, um, so but, I think, right. I mean, one of my favorite, one of my favorite things to study, maybe my favorite is like performance psychology, how people get great at what they do and the extremes they'll go to. And so I said, Lance is like the extreme of the extreme. And so I love hearing about it. Um, Obviously, I think, you know, if you could dissect his brain, there's probably something that's just a little bit off. He's got a few extra chemicals somewhere, not not medically induced, but just, you know, in there. And that's what makes him, that's kind of what makes him who he is yeah. and what makes him go to those extremes. And so um, I loved having that insight into kind of, you know, I had a good idea of what it was because I read a handful of books on him. Um, but yeah, so I, I thought it was fascinating. I loved it. I thought, like you said, I thought at, at several points, not just the one that there was some remorse, but the other thing that I kind of loved is he also kind of said something to the effect of like, I wouldn't change a thing. I don't remember it was that part, but I wouldn't change a thing. I needed all of that. And that's, you know, I love that part because I hate it when people say, oh, I would go back and I would do this. And it's like, yeah, but that changes everything. That makes you different, right? And he's like, I love, I love the way my life is right now. I wouldn't change a thing. Yeah. Um, and man, this what he went through with cancer is, I mean, it's been played out and discussed, but you just want to talk yeah. about like toughness and mentality, like and uh, how he was able to get through that. So yeah, uh, I think whether you like or hate Lance Armstrong or somewhere in between. Uh, I think you will. It's really well done, and it's a sto- it's a good story. People yes. like story. Yeah. So, and I, I don't it. think you should hate him. That's too strong of a word, Christian. You should, uh, you should uh, listen. Uh, and this, uh, this is understand that humans are flawed. Yeah, that's it. Understand that humans are flawed. People are make mistakes. No one's perfect. Um, yeah, I think if we, I think if we all had a little more patience for each other, we'd be I, in a, a little better place. You know what I think it is? I think, I think in terms of what you say, what people have patience for, it's like. People have patience for mistakes and remorse. Where I think they get uh, most Mm -hmm. upset is a phony. This dude's a phony in a lot of people's eyes. This dude, you are a fraud. You tried to inspire people behind a lie. And you, um, basically your entire existence was a lie. Everything you did was based on a lie. Well, that's not not true. It's a big, fat, phony. Well, yeah, it is. Guys, it's not not a lie. It's not a lie. I mean, he... Did was he a savage? Yes. Did he work hard? Yes. Now, was he enhanced by chemicals? Absolutely. Right. As were, I, I mean, listen, bicycling, MMA was dirty. MMA was really dirty before you saw it. It's still probably dirty, um, not to the same extent. But cycling is like a whole new level of dirty. 
Yeah. I mean, it's just that that is the sport. I mean, I I guess I can't speak in 2020 on it, but you know, when Lance was riding, it was everybody. So Why does he hate Floyd Landis? I didn't quite understand oh why he God. hated him so much more. I wish they would have went into that a little. I think it was. Yeah, just was I, I felt like that was a big hole he in told it. on him or something. Something. Yeah, like he that. told on him. But like also everyone told on you, Lance. Those were the people yeah. you sued. So I didn't understand yeah. why Floyd was the one he. They, yeah. they should have got into that a little bit more. Yeah, I thought they kind of left that one in the air a little bit, huh? Yeah, that, yeah I, I thought that was juicy. Um. Okay. Yeah. All right. We did that. We did the we did Lance, Racky man. I loved it. We'll watch Go watch it. it. He won't. I think he should. Hey, watch speaking it. of other things that our audience should watch, I and Christian, I know you watched it. And I don't, we don't have to discuss it at length here. the The thing that USA Wrestling did with all the black athletes yeah. uh, yesterday was really good. It was um, very very well done. All the all the people on there were awesome. Um, I think it, it will give everyone a little more insight. So just go check it out. Yep. That's a good endorsement. Um, just check USA Wrestling's Twitter. It's on their YouTube page. Lots of ways to find it. Please watch it. Yes. Okay. Okie doke. All right. Um, it is Bad Blood Day, by the way. If you don't know, know that. Bad Blood, Burroughs vs. Dake, 56-minute uh, flow film we did about the Jordan Burroughs-Kyle Dake rivalry. It is so, so, so good. Um, I think... It's required viewing for wrestling fans. How come I didn't get to watch it ahead of time, but you got to watch it ahead of time? Because you know what? Sometimes, you know what? You know what, Ben? You're trustworthy. You're a trustworthy individual. But you know what? You you send a link out and you say, hey, just make sure you don't share this. Next thing you know, it's getting shared. It's It's everywhere. Hey, but big (laughs) shout. uh, I I don't know if I've said this publicly yet. I'm going to send it. I'll put it on social media a little bit. But the reason this is happening right now is because after the Dake Burroughs FRL, David Carr DM'd me. He's like, hey, you should do like a whole flow film about this, the Dake Burroughs rivalry over the years in lead up for the Olympics. Mm. I was like, yes, great idea. And literally so, from that point, we started working towards it. And not very much. I mean, you know, that FRL was not that long ago. That and now. By what? Six weeks, maybe. Maybe was it even that long ago? And You're now, not even. and now here we are. It was it was April. Yeah, probably around six weeks. So David Carr is an executive producer. <laughs> he is. I, I, he's I, he's gonna get a. Uh, he should. He's the one that should get the the advanced screener. <clears throat> not nah, he should have. I can't believe you didn't send it to him. How rude. He'll see it. Um. So it's uh, it's gonna be it's gonna be really really good. And there's a couple of things you you may. That you you'll enjoy remembering, or if you don't remember, it's interesting the the 2013 World Saga, and everyone knows about the broken ankle. But how mm-hmm. close Dake was to wrestling, like it was a the real days. debate, huh? Like like they almost made the decision. You're saying yes. Put him in. Like Dake was yeah. almost the guy and was preparing to be the guy, and it wasn't like a stay ready thing. It was like Jordan's not walking. Jordan isn't. I mean, it's just. It's crazy, just all the little things that that happen that have, I mean, just a little, a call here, uh, an ankle injury, and they send, if they send Dake or what, all these little things have to just add up and compound in Kyle Dake's mind. And you can see why he is so, um, so fully believed he, he could and should and will be the guy. It's, it's, 
Really good. And you, I earned a, a newfound respect for, for both guys, but especially Jordan and what he's had to do to maintain his spot. So I think that kind of gets lost in it a little bit too. Nice. Well, so, I would love, I, I can't comment because you guys didn't send me a link. So I will try to watch it before tomorrow's show and then I'll have some comments on it. Okay. I'll send you, uh, what, Penn Looks State's like, next week. I'll send you that. Uh, it looks like Tyler might we have want the trailer pulled up if you want to play it again. Yeah, let's, let's play the yeah. trailer if you got it. Um, yeah, I'll send you the Penn State one. All right, here we go. Kyle Jordan. He never settled this. I was the best wrestler in the world regardless of style, bro. I feel bad for you, bro. It's, you know, you're living in the past and that's all you got now. Listen, all the science in the world can't help I cannot believe this has been happening since 2013 now. That's the most anticipated match. Yeah, I know I gotta beat Kyle. I'm gonna beat him. I've been working for this my whole life. I can see myself winning in my dreams. Kyle Dake and Jordan Burroughs. And how many more times are we gonna see these guys battle over the next couple years? This was incredible. I sincerely believe the greatest exchange I've ever seen in wrestling is the burroughs Shabana 2013 exchange. It is, I, I haven't seen anything like it. I, I really think that it it's um a different level completely. It's just like one of the most great examples. Of, I mean, Shabana was like right there to score so many times. That's my favorite exchange in wrestling. That was in the trailer there as well. So, um, yeah, what a legend. You know what? Okay. It probably gets, uh, 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 I would outvote you is that Kudakov, when Kudakov won that world title on the clinch. I can't. I can't give it that. to a clinch, but that is that was dope. That was so dope. That was, that was dope. That yeah. was so that cool. Was, <laughs> it was so. so awesome. And in terms of like fanfare and how loud it was, mm-hmm. and how yeah, dude, how clutch you have to be to win a match like that. Like when you're completely mm-hmm. screwed, and the you want to talk about not fair? The freaking ball draw. <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh, terrible. Yeah, that's that is uh, one of the more amazing. Yeah moments I, it's funny i actually i actually I, I didn't i didn't yell at my kids last night but the last the last thing we did was a little freestyle push out drill mm-hmm. and uh at first i said just okay someone gets a seatbelt, and then i realized okay well, that's unfair whoever gets seatbelt's gonna win you know so i said you know what play paper scissors rock for it and they were all like this is so unfair because whoever gets a seatbelt wins like 98 percent of the time and i was thinking like i should yell at these guys because like this is some dumb drill at the end of practice we're doing and my freaking livelihood was based on a freaking clinch for a, for a couple of years. You know, yeah. like think about that when 90 some percent of people win the leg clinch and your, your livelihood, what you're training your whole life for is could be determined by that. So yeah. dumb. So dumb. Wow. So dumb. I mean, Reese wow. Humphrey talks about it with the Coleman thing, right? That yeah. if different ball, different singlet color and, you know, maybe he's on the team. Yeah, um, so crazy. There, and there's thousands of what ifs, very similar. Um, mm-hmm. Okay, we're going to make an attempt at another ad read, but this is going to be a more seamless plug. Okay, wow. okay. we are readers so of ads. Um, but so to tie in to be better ad readers, you tie it into personal experience, right? <laughs> so Stephen Kyle Brackey is moving 
Tell your story of moving. I recently moved. There were lots of heavy objects. It was a long day's work uh, in very hot Austin weather. I was sore the next day, and we had the awesome RX. Uh, it's like a deodorant stick. You just rub it on. Wow, I have one right here. Wow. What do you know? You just rub it on, and I my arms were sore. My legs were just walking all day. So I put some on my legs, put some on my arms. I was feeling better. Next day, gone. This is the best athlete in flow sports, too, Kyle Brackey. He does dunks. He's good at ping pong, spike mm-hmm. ball, and wrestling. Nice. Okay. Nice. Flow Wrestling Radio Live is brought to you by RX Sports, the official CBD partner of Flow Sports and Flow Wrestling. The all-natural, highly concentrated CBD product, perfect for all your training recovery needs or moving recovery needs. Visit, visit rxsportsinc.com slash flowsports for an automatic 20% discount off your entire order. Defy your pain with RX Sports. All right. That was even better. So we're two in now. We're already improving. We're, we're integrating it better. into our lives. Um, so now, hey there, gonna, can, can I have uh, executive director privileges? Because there's something on the trailer I want to pull out. Ex- what? Well, I, I bet you can guess. Oh, 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 for the trailer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I saw you actually smirk a little bit. I, I said, okay, Ben's about to fly off the stage. Let me look at his face right now. You kind of smirked oh, a geez. little. Jesus. Yeah. Thank you for doing that, yeah. though. At least someone <laughs> yeah. wrestled him. Um, uh, at least someone was willing to wrestle. You freaking wrestlers won't wrestle. That's why we have no wrestling events right now. Well, well. What, we got something. What? We got something else. I don't know. I, Do I? There's more. You don't. You I definitely don't, don't. You don't know nothing about this. <laughs> oh, you Hope, guys are crap. I, I'm hoping for good news, but um, you know, I don't know. That's all I'll say. Just sing good vibes. When you, when you get sing, to break it, when you get to, when you good get to vibes break only. It. When uh, ASAP, ASAP. But I don't know when because it needs to be. Everything needs to be agreed well, upon. Right. Yet the deal needs to sign off. Give yeah. us hints. Tell us what the initials are. You're gonna love it. No, no, no initials. No initial <laughs> initials. <laughs> Are you crazy? Uh, um, wait a no, little bit. No initials. I'll, I'll text you after okay. the show. Actually, Give I'll me some like uh, Morse code. You know, I'll tap the desk a few times. If I only learned Morse code, um, I took an equally useless language. I took Latin in high school just because my friends did. I'd have been better off learning Terrible. Morse code. Yes. Um, okay. We did the read. We are professionals, big pros. Okay, Ben, who in your mind is the best USA wrestler to never win an Olympic or world title? You will never guess who the number one is. Well, I'm going I'm to click on Eric. Let's see you guys. Got no, 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 don't, don't look at it. No. <laughs> well, I don't have all the people thought of, right? Um, you would, I, if, if we gave you 30 guesses, you wouldn't say This all person. started because of uh, an FRL question, by the way. This yeah. article. Lee Kemp. Lee Kemp. He won worlds. Oh, I thought it was Olympics. Okay, they said World, World or, or Olympic. Um, they did, so they didn't win a, a gold at World Probably Kerry Collette. That's a good one. But no, huh. he's actually number 14. Number one, give, give him the break. Larry Kristoff. Larry Kristoff is number three in the pins. He's ahead of me. I, I know this guy. Oh, you know Larry Kristoff. Pissed off Kristoff? They keep calling him I pissed be- off Kristoff. <laughs> <laughs> I believe he's number three in the all-time pins thing behind Shellis and um, uh, Gene Mills. Dude, he must be a total beast. So I mean, he gave us the rundown. So, uh, 1964 was the Olympics. He got seventh. 65 was bronze. 66, he was silver. 67, bronze. Uh, 68, again, the Olympic Games. He's fifth. 69, silver. 70, silver. 
and then uh, did not did not place in seventy one. But that is it's a long Damn. long time of being right there. Man, yeah. I feel like Cole that's a little okay. slept on. Yeah, he only has a second, third, and fourth. Terrible compared to Larry Kristoff. <laughs> well, geez, those are those are Ben Askren's words. If you look at the guys, that also ha- they cheated him multiple times. We did. Yeah, he should have been it. a world champion. Yeah, or Olympic champion. Um, but if you look at the guys ahead of Kerry Colat, they were the majority of them were on more teams and so hmm. had more chances. Is uh, is is Greg Ruth? Is that Ed Ruth's dad? I have no idea. I don't think so. I never heard of him. I don't think I never heard of him. So. I don't think. Uh, no, I don't. I have no idea. No, I'm didn't. assuming okay. Ed. Ed's name is his father's name is probably Ed, since they're naming all their kids Ed, <laughs> like a George Foreman situation. But I don't know for sure. Uh, nice. Um, so they did uh, it. Okay. based on that. So that's that's it. They, I didn't realize Barry Davis was silver three times. Did you guys realize that? No. Wow. Not. Yeah. Um, okay. Let's keep it moving. It's eight fifty-seven. Um, oh, you don't want to talk about anyone else on this list? Uh, no. Well, we could, but you know, Travell's obviously right there. I mean, it, for for my, he's very much my era of like watching intensely, yeah. and his matches reviewable. And he was he beat world champions. He beat a lot of really. Good, he beat Tem- Tamezov. He's beaten Akul. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Wait. Oh, hold on, Christian. Him. Is this does this include uh, his moved up finishes due to Archer Tamezov's twenty seven dirty think, piss test? Yeah, that was this one, wasn't it? it? Does. Yes, I do. Okay. So I think in 2012, he was originally fifth, right? Yes. And now he's bronze. Yes. So mm. Travell went bronze, fifth, bronze, fifth, bronze, fifth. Wow. That's cool. What a wow. pattern. Wow. To give it time, Travell will have placed in the 2016 Olympics eventually. <laughs> well, they, <laughs> you just have to wait test, like four to eight years. They can the, only test to eight years out. Okay. So we got like four years. Or, I told you that story, right, Christian? Mm, no, no, it's ten know. years. It's ten years. It's okay. ten years. In 2018, I got a phone call for from the uh, U IOC, and I'm like, "Dude, I got moved up to bronze medal. I don't really know how, but I did." Uh, what? You know, how did? I was, just listen. Just, how many? Oh, okay. I, you know, I well, I got a I got a voicemail because I was on a I was on a plane, and uh, you know, I said, "Okay, I called the back." And then I'm like, "How do I really feel about that? Because I don't really feel that good about winning a medal here. I don't definitely didn't deserve it." Uh, I don't feel good about this. I'm, you know, how am I gonna how am I gonna play this? And um, only only one person tested positive, so I got moved up from seventh place to sixth place. But I thought maybe it was a couple because I figured, why are they calling me to tell me I went from seventh to sixth? That's not important. Surely they're not gonna call me for that. Yeah, but they did. Yeah, they did. Hmm. So I moved up to sixth. That's interesting. Yeah, very good. Um. So we got till 2026 for um, to Delagnev to move up. Yes, yeah, it'll happen. Hold out, Tervel. Mm-hmm. Okie doke. Let's. Um, where should we go next? You want to go to one 184? Talk a little bit about that. Uh, I, I will. Yesterday. I thought this article was cool about the 2022 prospects. Do you want to skip over that and save that for tomorrow? Or you want to go now? Let's. Do you, have you read it, Bracky? Skimmed it. I skimmed I, it. Yeah, I skimmed it. Let's talk about it tomorrow. All right, we'll talk about it okay. tomorrow. He'll watch Lance and read this article from Nomad. <laughs> but if you another plug here, Nomads uh, does this article where your coach should be on June fifteenth, and I don't know, he said calling, but we 
Oh, uh, I guess he has to do that because they can't go anywhere right now. Because they can't go anywhere, yeah. But, like, the precipitant with that was um, uh, at midnight before the... Well, so these are 2022 prospects. So this is this is calling. Oh, you can't the visit, visit would be 2021 prospects. Got it. Okay, I'm trying to keep this all yeah. straight in my head. Um, but like we started mm-hmm. this after Kale and and Cody and Casey all showed up at Soriano's house, and that was something that like at like midnight that night to court Nick Soriano, and that was something that like differentiated uh, Penn State from the others in their really? mind. Yes, absolutely. The Soriano said that. Nick did, yeah. Wow, I did not know that. Okay, crazy. Yeah. Yep, so we're like, okay, so Nomad, I think, had, came up with the idea of we should do an article, like where your coaches should be on whatever date, whenever the first date is. How do you – who's your top priority? Who's the one you should push all your yeah. chips and mill in? So he did that uh, for this year, So for which 2022 20, prospect your coach should be calling on June 15th. And uh, so it goes where Penn State should be, where Iowa should be. A lot of schools. Basically, all the Blue Bloods, all the top recruits, who should be at their door, who they should be calling, et cetera. So check that out. Uh, I think you'll like it if you like college wrestling, which I know yeah. that you do. So we'll talk about that tomorrow? Yep. All right, cool. Is that cool? Sweet. Yeah, great. All right. Uh, so 184. This is a, it's going to be a very fun weight class. and. We, we discussed a little bit, like, who could move, who could be out. So, as I look, I'm going to read the, the cop, top couple guys. Max Dean, number one. Number two, Bolin. Three, Hydley. Four, Dupre. Aaron Brooks. Nino Bonacorsi. Cam Caffey. Taylor Vins. Ava Saad. Rocky Jordan. Rounds out the top ten. And but we'll, Caffey's gone. Caffey's going up. So, yeah, that's what I wanted to get to next. Like, how could this weight be differently? So, Caffey is mm-hmm. going to go up to 197. Aaron Brooks. Yes. Could take a red shirt, and it wouldn't surprise me if he did. Um, but really, it also wouldn't surprise me if he didn't. Now, yeah, I think he'll. I think he'll consider it. Um, so who wrestles mean, there? I feel, if, I feel like if that happens, Penn State's giving up. Yeah, well, I don't know if they're giving up. Maybe he won't. Maybe he won't. But that's just. I don't I, think they can win without Aaron Brooks in the lineup, though. No way. Yeah, yeah. Oh, no. Yeah. no, they can't win without Aaron. Um, so, so are we, they giving up then, Christian? <laughs> <laughs> You're acting like I have the information. I don't have the information. Um, do you have a plan? I do have. I have many plans. Um, okay. So uh, another name that's not in here that could be in here is one we talked about yesterday, Miles Amin. And the discussion was 84 or 97 for him. He's certainly a title contender here. Max Dean versus Miles Amin. Who, who do you like in that matchup? That's just the number one versus Miles Amin. Well, I thought okay, so I thought Miles Amin was bumping up to 197, but I will I will indulge anyways. Uh, I would favor I would favor Miles Amin. I think he's really good. I think he's proved that. Um, you know, when I thought if especially if he would have wrestled last year, mm-hmm. when you look back at his career, he's ju- he's really just behind um, uh, Valencia and Mark Hall, and you know it's kind of like that same you know like Daniel Daniel Lewis for as good as Daniel Lewis was was just just behind two. Greats at that weight class. Same thing with Miles Amin, just behind two grades. And so, um, you know, you move you move him up. And, I mean, could Max Dean beat him? Of course, right? But I think I favor Miles Amin. Yes, I, I agree. Um, I think I favor Miles. So we think so we think Miles could win either way. Yeah. I do too. So he, 70, could, he, could, he could win three different weight classes. 
I think he might be my pick. Uh, I don't know if I'd pick him to beat Kemmer. But I think I would probably pick him to win 84 and 97, what, and he, I don't know you, about 74. You made the argument he's better than Deeringer, so I think you should make the argument that he's better than uh, Kemmer. No, also. I made the argument. I made two arguments. <laughs> One, that he was ranked appropriately internationally, which he is okay. and was. Correct. And two, that so it what, would be a thing. It would be a competitive match if they were to wrestle. Mm-hmm. You, can, you can just fight me on that, Ben. But after... Okay. The day or so after you've had hip surgery, that's when that's when I choose to fight you. <laughs> so you can accept, you can accept or, or deny that request. So well, you're okay. a wimp. If you don't or, or you're a wimp. That's right. That's right. Wimpy Ben Askren. All right. So uh, eighty four. Who's coming off retro report? That's what I need to look at right now. Th- this is uh well. You got one of my guys, baby Parker Keck guys. Yeah, sixteen and one. Wuhan. Yep. So uh, Parker's awesome. He had a great year. I think his only loss was to Abe Assad, who he had actually beaten the previous spring, um, and obviously who who also had a good year. Um, he, I know he's working hard. I, I hope he has a really really good <coughs> year next year. I learned just now that Devin Winston wound up at SIUE. Mm-hmm. I did not realize what? that. You didn't know that? No, from Minnesota. No. Yeah, well, from Minnesota. Well, I can't. I can't keep up with it because he was UNC and then Minnesota. And then I thought he left Minnesota, but I couldn't remember. And then now he's yep. at SIUE. Got it. Um, yeah. He's a Saluki, right? Aren't they this? Aren't they this no, Saluki? that's no, the other. That's, that, there's uh, two SAUEs. That's oh, just, that's just confusing. Southern, that's Southern Illinois. No, there, there's two. There's two. This is oh. Southern Illinois Edwardsville. They are the Cougars. And there's Southern Illinois Carbondale. And I believe they're the Salukis. All right, got it. Yeah, but the Salukis just you, go by you, Southern you, Illinois. Okay, they're just you Southern can blame. Illinois. Well, you can blame Illinois for making two Southern Illinois. That, that's kind of a dumb move, Illinois. <laughs> how much? How much Southern territory is there in your state? Way to go, Illinois. Way to go, Illinois. Yeah. Come on. Yeah, I got it. Seriously. So I'm not a total idiot. Uh, just partial. Got. It. Uh, I'm. I'm excited to see what Winston can do. Kekaisen, <laughs> I know they're they're high on at you and I. They were when they got him. Um. Mm-hmm. Only lost to Abasad. He beat uh, he beat the Iowa State kid. That's good. I forget his name. Broderson. Broderson. Yep, that's a solid win there. So mm-hmm. excited to see what he, he can made do. it him too. Yeah. Um, describe describe uh, Parker. What what do you how you view him as a prospect? Ben? Let's see. Um, he's awesome. He was a kid. Let's see how how far you want me back. He played a lot of sports, so he never you know he never won a U State title. Uh, started coming into his own a little bit. His first couple of years of high school started more success. And then last couple of years of high school really, really turned it on. And really he, you know, he could never beat the best of the best. Like he lost to Aaron Brooks a few times. Mm. He lost to Dustin Plot a few times. Um, but besides that, he beat everybody. Um, you know, so I think, I think you guys might even had number one for a second when Aaron Brooks. Well, I guess Aaron Brooks wasn't in high school the same year he was cause he gray shirted. So you had number one for a little bit. Um, yeah, and he, he's just an awesome, hard worker, good kid. Uh, nothing but positive things to say about him. Nice. Um, yeah. Well, excited to, excited to watch him and see some new blood injecting this weight. A lot of talent entering this weight class, especially if Miles Amin winds up there. You'll add Max yeah. Dean, Parker, Winston, and him. I, yeah, I, when I look at this weight class, I say, holy moly, this weight class is tough because I feel like you know, we almost didn't graduate anyone. And then when you look at it, there's no senior. There's sorry, there's one senior in the top twelve. That's crazy, Vince. Vince, uh, that's it. So all these guys are gonna come back for two, two or more years. Man, 
80, 84 is going to be up there for toughest weight class yeah. in my in my opinion. Yes. It, the, the, it really issue, is. the issue is and where it gets sticky is like they don't have like all the accomplishments like Trent Hidley has not had the opportunity to be a, a you know the place to actually podium and all these guys so their their credentials are great but I think when you look at just kind of knowing how good these guys are how good Abasad is how good uh yeah. Taylor Vins is at that number 8 there's going to be few weight classes that I think can compete with this level of talent and if you throw a mean in there yeah it's going to be yeah even scarier there's not a lot of weights either where like all the way down to 25 you're like all right like is good um yeah and like uh, other like 25 kind of drops off um there's plenty of others a lot of them drop off 70 i feel like 74 drops off a lot dude it drops off almost immediately it it really becomes like a different <laughs> level uh, i won't say where i think yeah. it drops off cuz i'll get yelled at but um yeah 97 drops off maybe like from number 1 <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat> what? See, I'm not. Uh, see, Christian. Christian, you're good. You, you see, you're, you're you're very like political. I'm good at making everybody mad at one time. No, you you play the game too better better than you uh, and you give yourself credit for. Um, okay. No, well, wait. You said no, yeah, 97 so, so drops drop top at number one, and then it goes back up at number two. <laughs> there you go. Ben's a go. Darmstadt. Thank you. Big uh, shout, Ben Darmstadt. Um, looking to win back-to-back Hodge trophies. Let's see if he can do it. Yeah. Um, all right, so 84 is going to be really fun. 97 might be deeper than I thought initially after I looked through it. Yeah, I mean, with Brucky at, at 7, that's pretty good. Tanner Sloan at 10, Traxler, Beard at 12, Gears and All-American yeah. at 13. Yeah, it's a great weight class. Yeah, I all take right. it back. All right, order has been restored. And then what, what, another way we can always make the weight tougher is just say Miles Amin's going there, too. That would, but that, that is where I would <laughs> go if I was Miles Amin. I would go to 187 for sure. Yeah. Yeah, I mm-hmm. think he – we'll see if he does. People love eating, I'm told. Yeah, yeah. It is a they fun do. activity. All right, that's 84. It's going to be a really fun weight class. If you had to pick Crystal Ball, who's the NCAA champion at 184? You do Okay, where's Miles Amin? That's the part of the crystal ball. You have to predict both where he's going oh, okay. and who would win. Okay, that's good. That's good. That makes no caveat. I'm, I'm going to predict he's going up to 97. So that's my prediction there. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, my goodness. This way, I feel like the top five for sure, you could just shake him up and get a different answer every single time. Um, I'm going to pick Aaron Brooks. Me too. Oh. He, he is my selection. Bracky? Although Hunter Bowen will vanquish them all. <laughs> I'll take Miles Amin over Aaron Brooks in the finals. All right. So oh. his crystal ball says. Wait. So, Christian, did you pick Aaron Brooks beating Miles Amin or did you pick Miles Amin going up like I did? I'll say he goes up. Okay. All right. And, and so Embry goes and 84 for, for Michigan. Makes sense. And I'll probably pick him. I'll probably pick him to win 97. No, Noah Adams. If he can make a comparable jump that he did last year, he will be. Yeah. It'll be very, very good. Okay, we have a lot of questions, uh, very good ones in, at that. So do you want to get to those, Ben? Yeah, we didn't answer a lot yesterday, and I saw some really good ones. I know. I, I copied a bunch of them over um, best, best I could. Lyle Gray, what makes NC State such a successful recruiting school? Also, was Pat nasty on top because all their guys are nasty on top? I don't know. 
much about um, yeah Coach Pop's game. I think he probably was. He was, um, but I but I don't know. I don't know. That's out but of what, my that's out of my era. So I, I never. But what makes them college. successful? I think there's a lot of things. One, one great school, great area, NC State. That yep. helps. They have a proven track record now as a as a yep. nationally elite program in wrestling development. I think they are. I'm a big believer in process. I think there's like a few like very some some of the, like the best organized um, teams that like they have really good plans and strategies. I think so. NC State is really good at um, at that. He, I think Coach Papalizu uses his team well. Um, you know, can I? The other thing, can I say something? I think he does. I think he's very transparent, which I think is important. Um, you know, when they got there, they kicked anyone off the team who failed the drug test, or, or it's, I can't remember if that's exactly. It's something close yeah, to that. If I'm not that exactly was pretty right. much it. Basically, everyone was gone. <laughs> yeah. So. Tommy Gant. Tommy Gant is the only one I believe that that made the transition from Coach Papalizio <laughs> to from the old yeah. era to the new era. There wasn't a lot. It was, it was very few. So. um yeah, so you know, but they're, they're very transparent about that. This is what you're going to expect when you get here, and I think that that's you know awesome to have those expectations. And listen, that's gonna that's gonna rule some kids out right mm-hmm. away. And listen, there's some great wrestlers who like to party. There's no doubt about that, right? But they're not going to wrestle for NC State. Right. And I think making that really clear from the jump makes every you know. I think the better you can have people's expectations meet the reality of what it's going to be when you get there, the better off you're going to be. And I, I think they do a really good job at that. Yeah, I think they've got a good. Um, I think they've got a good staff too. You know, that can yeah. work with a lot of different weight weight costs. They have a uh, a strong RTC, so yeah. I think there's a there's a lot of there's a lot of reasons NC State's a, a logical destination for a lot of recruits. Mm-hmm. Um, Brad Cravens, I think he's asked this a couple times, or someone has. Who has the most first place stop signs? From cadet to senior level. Yeah, that would be awesome. Can we have Nomad do a deep dive? I was actually, I have, I have no idea what I the. I kind of wonder is if it's someone one. like Adam Kuhn, who like doubles up at everything. That's and- a good one. I also think Metcalf is going to have a ton. He had a bunch in high school. Yeah, yeah. It's probably not going to be someone crazy recent because anymore guys aren't going to Fargo and doubling up and things like that yeah. as often. Like well, the blue chippers but- are making teams. Yeah, they're trying yeah, for the, cadet. The, the other thing. Think about too is like a Wayne Ballman who made fifteen teams in a row. He might not have the younger stuff or a Bruce Baumgartner. How many freaking teams did he make? You know, oh my gosh. Um, and, and the other person is, or someone who wrestled both styles, like a Sam Hazelwinkle who who won in both styles. That would be an interesting person to look at. Um, I would really love for someone to do a research report on that. And so what we here's what we kind of stop signs. Um, Fargo Cadet or Juniors. Mm-hmm. Uh, UWW cadets or UWW juniors, U23s, and senior level. Is there any anything else you guys would actually consider a stop sign? Because that's what I would consider. No. Those are the that's stop it. signs. Yep. Those are the stop signs. Okay. All right. Yeah. I, man, can we can we uh, get Nomad on that? Because I would love I to see what the Nomad answer. just chatted me and said Bruce with an exclamation point. <laughs> Does he know for a fact or is that his guess? I mean, because that's a great guess. The guy made like 15 world teams in a row. Yeah. It's got. It's got to be, because he won the. Well, he wrestled the open a bunch. Yeah, he might be yeah. up there. Well, the other thing too, Christian, that's interesting is now some guys like J- JB, for example, um, he skips the open and goes straight to the trials, so he doesn't even get a stop sign. 
Right. Because you, you don't get a stop sign for the trials, just for the open. Oh. You don't get a stop sign for the – I have never made a senior world team, um, <laughs> so I didn't realize you didn't get a stop sign for that. No, they give you the – it looks like the United yeah. States plaque, right? Okay. Yeah, I, you do not get a stop sign for the you get trials. The, man, I feel like that should count. You make a team well, – I guess it's not technically a stop sign, but – It's not. All right, yeah. fine. All right. Yeah, no, dude, get over it. No, no, man, give us a top ten, bro. <laughs> he just sent us this screenshot from when Bruce was on uh, the Bader send that, show. Send that to Tyler. <laughs> he has approximately twenty stop signs behind him. Is well, there his a head is blocking like Two, at least six. Four, six. Bruce's head is probably, enormous. Eight. When you say eight, right yeah. there, ten, twelve, fourteen, sixteen, probably insight. <laughs> sixteen insight. <laughs> insight. Damn, that's good. Yeah. All right, we're gonna pull that up soon. Um. That could be visual evidence for our answer. I only have three. Wow. Wow. Pathetic. Um, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know if I make the top 100. Don't tell Pat Downey. Don't. He'll call you out for only having three stop signs. Oh, my gosh. I'll call him out for living in a cardboard box. <laughs> Tip for tat. All right. Uh, if Spencer Lee is granted a fourth year, what will you do to celebrate with Caleb? Also, can you document? Yeah, that will be a wild party at the Piles household if Spencer Lee gets a fourth year. Also be a devastating Dude, night. That would be doesn't. fascinating. That would be so fascinating because, oh, oh my goodness. Did you show the picture? Is it, is Pull it, it up. The screen? Pull it up, Tyler. There it pit? is. There's Bruce. Oh, that's such an awesome picture. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Two, four, six, eight, ten. Yeah, it's, there's 16 on the wall right there. Yep. So there it is. Um, that that's got to put him. I don't. Someone know provide me one. with a picture Damn of someone post. with more than sixteen. It's Bruce until proven otherwise. There might even be more, like on the other wall. Who knows? We only see one wall, and a, and a portion of the other. That's awesome. So yeah. So yeah, it'll be a wild celebration if Spencer got his fourth year. Um, but then, man, will other people start suing? That will be so interesting. I would be fascinated by that. Yeah, there's a there's a uh, lost damages case i think um or lost lost mm. wages case yeah i think you can make all right um is thomas gilman being put in the same category as imar as far as people putting him comfortably in third behind fix slash lee for the 57 spot i, I don't know I don't who's know. doing this yeah I'm not. i don't think so yeah i don't either i i i view him <laughs> i guess I view Gilman right up there with those guys. I think Gil. I mean, look at Gilman yeah. fix last year. If he doesn't yeah. shoot, what happens? Right. Yeah. I mean, he he's right there. Um, yeah. That that that. I think the fix Gilman thing is is coin flippish to me. And then, yeah, I probably separate Spencer somewhat, but Styles make fights and. If I, I Christian, don't you think it's hard to separate Spencer when we haven't seen Spencer wrestle those guys? I mean, obviously he looked great at the U.S. Open, but that the U.S. Open did not have Dayton Fix or Thomas Gilman. Sure, yes, but I think you you can use your imagination a little bit too. I mean, that's what I'm hmm. doing, just like thinking. All right, well, I, I think I think if we're bullet to, or gun to everyone's head, everyone you have to say best version of each of these guys. I think in general, people would think that would probably be Spencer. Yeah. I mean, I, so I want to see Spencer against those guys or wrestling in an international tournament. We, I mean, we remember uh, the other thing is Thomas did better than Dayton at that, uh, what is it called, Mateo Pelicone? Yes. 
Beat so him. I mean that, that that should be counted. He beat him, yeah. Yes, so um, so no. So yeah, no. I th- so I think as far as world level is considered, I think I think they're fairly equivalent. Thomas Gilman and um, Imar. But as far as making the team is considered, I think you have to. I think you'd have to concede that Thomas Gilman has a better shot to make the team because of Dake and Burroughs are both. You know, if you rank them in the world, they're probably number one and number two. Yes. Yes. Well, no, I lied on that because you probably rank Sidikov above him. So two and three. Yeah. We'll think, we'll rank uh Sidikov third. That's fine. Okay. Fair <laughs> enough. <laughs> um from Nick Croninger. How do you decide on the subject of a flow film? Um, is there a plan that works for underrated where you discuss the greats that aren't talked about frequently, i.e. Chris Campbell? Um so I don't know, it it just kinda depends, right? There it's there has to be a story there, or in general, you, there needs to be a story or something compelling that makes it narratively interesting, and there needs to be an intersection of fan interest there too, because otherwise, fi- films are really expensive to make. They're huge investments, and mm-hmm. to do that, you need to kind of call your shot a little bit and be like, okay, are people going to watch this, right? And we've made films yeah. that people didn't watch, Right. And so people really, what was, your, what was your least watched one? No, I don't want to say that. <laughs> Damn it. Okay. But Tell there, me there, out there. Yeah, I will. Um, I don't, well, I don't know the least watched one, but I know there's been some where I'll be like, this is going to crush. It's an amazing story. It's an amazing athlete. And we put our full weight of marketing power behind something. And if the interest isn't there, it's not there. Right. And so yeah. there's a little bit of that too, where we would love to make a story about all these uh about everyone right but if it doesn't map to we can't just operate at a loss right so it's it's really tough and some sometimes we'll we'll sign up for the loss just because hey the story probably yeah. needs to be told we've done that as well mm-hmm. so there some or sometimes david carr dms me <laughs> and then that's why a film gets made you really there's yeah. no there's no one way uh so yeah that's that answer. And how come sometimes it takes you, Mike, actually the kids at my academy were complaining last night about you guys. And they were like, yeah, this Burroughs film's going to come up. I've been hearing about Metcalf for a year. When's that coming out? Yeah, that was Metcalf was a lot more involved, a lot more difficult to put together. Um, so what do you, what do you, what do you say to these kids? Well, they don't know what they're talking about. They don't know anything. Is well, it coming out or not? The, yeah, it's coming out. It's coming out in July. July. With the Metcalf one, we were like, we were waiting on, like, we wanted to be there for the Iowa-Iowa State duel and, like, have that be mm-hmm. part of it and do more interviews. So it takes time to, like, set those up and get them. Whereas this Dick Burroughs thing, we already had, like, all their matches. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah. like, CP and I just sat down and talked about the matches a bunch. Yeah, and we had a lot of sit-down interviews already re- re- relevant to the subject. So it's, it's, all, it's not as easy just putting it out, but, um, you know. Patience, patience is a virtue. Aspen yeah. Wrestling Academy. Metcalf's going to be awesome, too. Metcalf's going to be really good, so don't worry. Yeah, There was no wait like Terry. We, that yeah. thing got teased out forever oh. and took forever and was still getting edited up until the day. Like, it's these, these guys are amazing, what, what they're able to do. Also, update on well, uh, the stop signs. Okay. I should send this over to Tyler. Uh, Metcalf with 14. We just saw 
Bruce has Bruce 16. Has I know. But oh, 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 that's how many. I, forgot, I yeah, you know what? You know what? Sorry, I sorry, I brought up Metcalf only having fourteen. <laughs> no, I thought you were making the that was the clay. No, it's just sorry. we mentioned uh, Metcalf as having a bunch. Yeah. Will you accept my apology, Kyle? Yes. That's a lot of stop signs. It's that's a, lot. a lot. Yeah. Um. Okay. He won seven, by the way, at Fargo. Joe Caprino looked yeah. up the research things to Jason Bryant. Thanks, Joe and Jason. Ben Askren, what was your favorite city to fight in? Mm. Um, well, I love Vegas because it was easy and convenient. That was that was good. Uh, probably my most memorable trip though was Dubai. I I had a couple good friends, including one of Flo's own, Mark Bader, was there, uh, and we we just had a freaking blast. Now, so that, that's probably up there. Dubai. Um, what was your yeah. favorite city to fight in, Kyle? Hmm. <laughs> love to fight. Um. <laughs> <laughs> One time I fought in Thackerville, Oklahoma, where they're going to put Joe Exotic's new uh, zoo. That's pretty legit. Or Car- I should say Carol Baskin's new zoo. Oh, my <laughs> gosh. What a disgrace. Hey, someone had a good question on Facebook real quick. Uh, would you spend a four-hour dinner with Colby Covington if it meant you got to embed with Penn State for a week full access? Oh, yeah. <laughs> that, would be, that would be so awesome. That's from Michael That'd Novak. Totally, totally worth the sacrifice. I mean, like, could you have intelligent co- conversation with Colby Covington for more than 10 minutes? I don't think the answer is yes. Yeah, he would probably stop talking at some point. Yeah, he would have to. Okay, mm-hmm. so yeah. four hours. I would love that. <laughs> All right, we'll set it up. All right, we'll set it up. We'll just tell. Well, you got to get Kale to agree. You got to get Kale to agree to it. Kale's gonna oh, yeah, that's the, hard, that's the hard part, I guess. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Okay. What does the wrestling nomad smell like? Does he doesn't really have a smell? He's he's an odorless, odorless individual. He's just like a regular guy. Yeah, just like you and I. He he's uh, more well groomed than he looks. Yeah, I know. He he likes he likes that that he loves that you're asking this question. He loves <laughs> that he's this mysterious, potentially smelly person, but he doesn't smell um, at all. There have been a couple like. Nomad related questions like, how's he doing in the quarantine? Is he trust refrigerators less, et cetera, et cetera? He's doing, he's doing fine. I think he's living his best life. <laughs> um, what is the most memorable near upset you can remember? Like Caldwell going up 8 1 oh. on Lang and then getting pinned, or Hydley almost taking down Nolf last year in final Ooh, seconds. That was a crazy one. Most uh, memorable man. for me is Sorensen Zane. Because I was there, oh, like was fifteen feet from it, yeah. and I was like, "This is happening," and then it didn't. It didn't happen. But I was like, "I think it's gonna happen." But Zane, oh man, defied the Carver gods. That I, when they ask when people ask questions like this, like up front, I always feel weird answering because it's like, I mean, I'm sure there's me a hundred I'm forgetting about. Um, that was a really good one, Sorensen, and because the Carver thing and and all that went along with it. Give me some more good ones. Man, Taylor almost beating Burroughs was pretty crazy in 2014. He was up big. Mm. And He's up 6'3". Yep, a short time. Big, you know, it's relative. But he was. it looked really good for David. Um, yeah. That's up there. I don't know if he was ever really in danger of losing, but I remember um, the year Kyle Dake had, like, the one nothing match with Martin in the first round. Like, Oh, the whole arena was just like, what is happening? Like, this is no, this can't happen. This was supposed to be 
Dig Taylor, and it was I didn't get into being two zero because he had riding time, but everyone yeah. was just like holding their breath for a few minutes. Yeah, it'll be. <laughs> This would be a good one to go back through brackets to kind of look at, you know, what were the best almost upsets that didn't happen. Yeah, so those are a few that came came to mind for me. You got to think of someone awesome and think of them all. Someone Keith Gavin inside tripped you. That had us nervous for like you know, it. for a little <laughs> bit. NCAA. So well, like, yeah, what? Tie, yeah. I mean, I was it was tied going in third periods too, too. Yeah, yeah, that's a good one. Um, someone brought up uh, Gilman against Lezak. Oh my gosh! Ooh, famous gassing one. from bottom. He did, and we one. finally. I got. I was. I was mocked for saying he gassed him from bottom, and then it's been proven and admitted that he did gas him from both parties. From both parties admit it. Ethan admits it. Gilman admits it. Oh, for God! Ethan just gassed. <laughs> period. Stop saying gas from bottom. That's absurd. Well, but for, that's when he got tired. That's when he got tired. On top, working hard. Working too hard. <laughs> he was just gonna, too much he squeezing. Was just get, he was just going to get tired no matter what. No matter what position he was in, he was going to get tired. So why is it relevant that he was on top? It's not. He didn't gas him bottom. He just gassed him because Lezak, no matter what was happening, they could have been doing laps jogging. He was going to get tired. <laughs> okay. Sure. Um, spay. Um, <laughs> when is CP going to pronounce Manitowoc correctly? Did I just do it? Or no? No. Manitowoc. <laughs> Manitowoc. All right. I'll never. Hey, there we go. We got Manitowoc. it. We got it. But I'll forget. Manitowoc. I'll just forget. It's a really tough one. There's way too many O's. Yeah. What's the best thing, match but... you ever wrestled and why? I can't answer this other than, yeah, I really can't. But Stephen Kyle and Ben. There's got to be one, Christian. Let's go. What do you mean best? Um, the the most epic one was probably when uh, at NCAA's when I wrestled Nomad in the in the hotel no. room. No, <laughs> it was it was hardcore. <laughs> it was in the beatdown. Uh no, I actually lost this one. Nomad and I have a you incredible... lost you lost to Nomad. I have lost to Nomad. Never in uh I don't what? Think, never on a mat. Only in like modified like hotel rooms or something like that. Um, Christian, I was I guess I was going to make you the favorite. Well, I am the no favorite. No man gassed you. No man gassed you. Listen, are you kidding me? there are different are eras. Listen, listen, Ben. There are different eras of CP's health and wellness. I was not on okay. the path. I was not in good shape. And this was 2016, I think. Um, are you taking 17. the are you taking the Lance medicine? <laughs> no, I wish that sounds <laughs> great. Um, no, I'm all natural. But I I'm can't just, believe I can't believe no man gassed you out. That's bad. I got pretty tired. I mean, I don't know if I he was probably that's not why I lost, um, but I d- did get really tired. Um, okay, it was, it was pretty hardcore. Mark Jolcover still talks about it. Um, all right, <laughs> so that's that's mine. Losing to Nomad, that's very memorable to me. SKB, mm-hmm. I don't know about the best one. Um, nice, like actual wrestling, the best, the most memorable one for me is when. I won state, but I don't think I wrestled particularly well in that match. <laughs> I don't either. <laughs> Never seen it. I said that. All right, Ben, you go. Uh, I mean, I, the Herbert one is one that turned out um, really well. Obviously, wrestled well there, but uh, yeah, I don't know. That's that's one that sticks out. Okay. Yeah. I thought that, I thought that had more potential. Who who would have thought me? Uh, Getting tired against Nomad in a hotel room would be would be the best answer. Be the most we don't we don't have the crazy stories like Nomad 
getting ball and chained and throwing a front flip out of it. <laughs> like, it's really only the stories that, that the true mediocre wrestlers can tell. The good ones, it's just like, oh, I guess I beat Herbert once. That was cool. I guess that won me the Hodge. Neat. Neat. All right, guys. Goosebumps. Some real. Uh, I, wonder what, I wonder what Jordan Burroughs would say. What's Which, what, what would, would be his? Say? What's his, like, man, this was the example okay. of, like, Heart of a champion, kind of man. What? Well, not, but not, but it's not heart of a champion. The question was the best ever wrestled. So it's not like, okay, uh, you know, it wouldn't be like, hey, in 2013, I had a broken ankle, I gutted through it, because that's not the question. I mean, well, I'm sure interestingly, that's like that was his of. most dominant performance at that any world funny, championships. Huh? It was all early terminations, and then a uh, like a six zero in the finals against yeah. the Iranian. That is funny, huh? What about like one of those? I can't remember which was there one beat the streets where he just blew someone out like ten nothing. Yeah. And uh, funny joke, not me, a Russian. I didn't mean to do that to myself. Oh, you almost I set really yourself didn't. up. <laughs> I, I set myself. I played myself. No, was there a Russian like in twenty twelve or twenty thirteen and he just killed him? Yeah, he wrestled Godoyev at one of the beat the streets. Yeah, he killed him, right? I don't know if he killed him or uh, he beat him soundly. Yes, there was one where Zeb was on commentary, and it's awesome. Yeah, um, I can't. I don't know what it would be for Burroughs. I'm not sure. There's there's a lot to choose from. Yeah. Um, it was so amazing when he beat Chimizo for bronze, though. I remember being super jacked about that. Mm-hmm. The Godoy of 2015 semi was, that was crazy. A good one. That was a really really good one. Um, that was like mm-hmm. one of the most tense ones I remember watching. Um, I don't know, yeah, so for Burroughs, I, I wonder if he would pick one of those where he gutted it out, where it was just like a really close one, or one where, you know, obviously there's a match where he just blew people out. I'm, I'm curious I mean, the Sargouche one is so, the first Sargouche one is so yeah, gutty. One. It's like, yeah. first of all, Sargouche is on a single, running him out of bounds as time expires, which would have won him the match. Um, mm. And then he literally, he broke Sargouche with that, that one reattack where he basically like shot through his face. Um, so that yeah. was just like, to me, a, a, like an iconic American win, like just imposing or, your will. What about with, um, um, one of the ones like, how, which trials was it? Maybe 2015, I'm guessing where he, uh, like ankle picked Dake and then leg laced him right away. Yep. That was the 15 match two, match two. low single right yeah. to the lace eight Oh, and then he eventually tacked him. Yeah. Yeah. That like that would be like. That would have to be up there, just execution-wise. Yeah. Um, how many people have teched Kyle Dake twice? It's Jordan Burroughs. Nobody. Has. Yeah, that's that's gonna be a, that's gonna be a nobody for me, dog. Uh, all right. I don't even know how to. This is like a this is like an entire show. But, but Robert Finkel wants us to says now that trials are a year out. How would you rank the top ten Americans in each weight? Yeah, that's a that's that's, that's a, a show. different show. That's, that's a well, show. I, but I liked it, so I asked it. You guys discussed okay. the possibility of Fix and Michich going 25. If this happens, does Lee win nationals? Oof. I mean, it's tougher. It's tougher. I, still I, I honestly I think. I Spencer. I know I'm wearing a Michigan shirt right now, but I think Stevon is not a good match. Or Spencer matches up great against Stevon, is what I'm going to say. Because Stevon needs to have his hands on you pretty much. He needs. Elbow control or two on one. He needs some sort of a tie. Mm-hmm. I just don't see him able to get to those ties. I don't see that being a workable solution against Spencer. I think Spencer will get to his ties and score. Um, although 
Michich is a problem solver, right? Like he got teched by Dayton. I mean, this is 2015, right? But like, yeah, teched by Dayton, and then he's like, okay, figure this out. And then Dayton really struggled with him later on. So I really, I give Stevan a lot. Of, he got blown out by Desanto, and then he really hasn't had uh, any tr- issues with Desanto since. So I think Stevan is a, a a really deep thinker and really good strategically. But I just think mm-hmm. I don't know if he has the strategic answers for Spencer. So. Yeah. While he would add to the level of difficulty for the weight class, and he's a higher caliber opponent than a lot of the other twenty fives, I still don't. I don't. I don't think he. You'd favor. A, you'd favor Spencer. Bigly. Bigly. Whoa. Bigly. Okay. Um. All right. Uh, Pops Redfoot. More options are available for elite wrestlers to earn a living outside of coaching. Wrestling become more like other sports where the best coaches weren't necessarily players. Would this be good or bad? Oh, I wouldn't say any would be not necessarily wrestlers, right? But elite wrestlers, I think, is the the distinction, right? Yeah, this is um, very interesting because you like Jordan Burroughs doesn't his had not had any intention on, on coaching, for example. Not not at the collegiate level, right? Yeah. Hmm. Um. Okay, but to the actual question, Ben. Um, do you what? To... Well, I mean, do, do well, you I see, mean, I, I, do you see I wrestling? Think pretty... So you think uh, about your coach, Brian Smith, right? He was not yeah. an, an elite wrestler, but he's absolutely an elite coach, right? Yeah. And But when you think about the best of the best coaches, they were all elite wrestlers. Fairly elite. Kale, Gable, mm-hmm. Brands, mm-hmm. John Smith, right? These are, these are the... Yeah. Mount Rushmore coaches, the Mount Rushmore athletes, or some of them would be right. So, um, yeah. you know, would um, it be good or bad? I I don't know if it's a good or bad question. I think I think it would be different. Um, I, and I'm curious to see you know what Jordan Bros does as he ages, and certain other guys. I, I wouldn't be shocked if they find their way back into coaching. That wouldn't surprise me uh, in the slightest. And you know, there another guy would be like uh, Pat Papalizio, like. He wasn't a great college right. wrestler, and he's making a very, very good coach. I don't think being a great coach, there's a prerequisite to you had to be a good, really good wrestler. Obviously, that's the way it's turned out for you know quite a long time now. And I think, I think more than other sports, there's a there's a very, very small nuances of moves that you need to be able to understand to help guys get to the highest level. Um, but I think you could also do that later on, right? So like. Maybe you're not a great college wrestler because you don't have things figured out, but as you continue to coach and, and wrestle, you continue to figure out the sport of wrestling, and that you know that helps you. So I I, I don't want to say for sure. I, I, I Yes, I did. That could definitely happen. So I, I've been thinking about this um, since I read this question because I've, I've thought about this before, and it's like, well, you know, Bill Belichick, maybe one of the greatest football coaches ever, never played in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Um you know, Phil Jackson, probably the greatest NBA coach ever, was not an elite, elite player. He was good. Greg Popovich is up there, not an elite player. John Wooden, et cetera, et cetera, right? These are, are great coaches. So I'm like, well, so very clearly, you can be an elite wrestling coach and then, uh, or without having been really good. And then I think about, well, maybe that's not true because were those guys necessarily developers of talent or were they coaches who were more strategical and had to get moving parts Mm -hmm. to fit together really, really well and come up with strategies and exploit weaknesses of other teams. Whereas in wrestling, 
it's really about you taking an individual and making them as good as they possibly can be and developing them, right? Yeah. That is that mm-hmm. is wrestling coaching in a nutshell. Yes. And it may require a special qualification of ability to do that in a way. Yes. So in that way, I'm like, well, this is how wrestling's different. And this is why wrestling's different and why we might not have a Bill Belichick wrestling coach who's the greatest of all time who had no senior level or NCAA level success. There is a place mm-hmm. for it, but I think there is a threshold of uh, ability and accomplishment that is maybe necessary. So I've kind of gone back and yeah. forth on that. Yeah, that's right. I would kind of lean the same way where I don't, I don't there's a clear-cut answer. Yeah. Okie doke. Um, 9.40. Okay. We've got, got time for a couple more. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Let me see. All right, Ben, ask me. Okay, go. I'll ask this one, then you go with the one you were looking at. Uh, someone at Ben Askren's Twitter Twitter handle, what's it like creating a move? Do you have to work the permutations out constantly to make it effective? Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I've talked about that a whole bunch of times. I mean, there's there's a whole bunch of moves that are, are on the cutting room floor, which failed, which never really – amounted to all that much and so there's all you know you have all these ideas and then um you know in my opinion efficiency is uh efficiency is the one that wins right you just keep trying and trying and trying and then whatever one um works the most right you start using it more and then if it keeps working you uh keep using it if it doesn't you throw it away again and so yeah i think that's that's what you have to do and uh yeah, eventually I would like to. I mean, I, I love innovation in, in any type of space, right? Uh, not just wrestling, but I, I love studying it in other spaces also. So sometimes I would, yeah, maybe I'll have a, even a longer in-depth, more in-depth answer on that. Okay, cool. Did you have yeah. one in mind? Uh, yeah, well, I thought this was interesting because I think it'll probably start happening. It, it may already happen. I don't know for sure. Uh, as more as more schools add women's wrestling, how how likely is it that uh, schools will host men's and women's duels and tournaments side by side or at the same time, back to back, same day, same arena, uh, blah blah blah, to reduce travel costs? And I, and I would say I don't know that that already happens. I would say it, it only makes sense, right, to uh, have one travel cost. Um, and then, you know, put them either side by side or back to back or something like that. Does that already happen? Um, the, the side by side? I don't know. <laughs> Not that I know of. Because there's, I don't think so. There I've are, never heard of it. But. Okay. Because there yeah. are obviously some schools which have both men's and women's, right? Yeah. But I don't know how they, how they structure the competitions though. Okay. But it would make sense. Yeah. Especially right. if some of the te- I know some of the teams share coaches, so that would make, Make even more sense. Very true. Uh, is it weird for Ben to judge how good wrestlers are that have wrestled his guys at like Fargo and other tournaments? Uh, no, I think that actually gets makes it easier for me because that means that I've, I've watched them very intently, right? I mean, if, if they've wrestled my guy, then I, I know exactly what their strengths and weaknesses are and how they wrestle, and I have a better feel for them. So I would actually say, you know, like for me, and I don't, know, I don't know why it is, but we never have very many good lightweights. I, I have this idea that maybe it's because we don't make anyone cut weight as a young kid, so we don't get, we don't have any small guys. Uh, you know, they all, they all, they all actually grow up. All your lightweights uh, are forty five pounders. 
they all, I mean, literally like they all grow up. Like we don't, I mean, maybe when they're younger, they're smaller, but then they all, they all eventually get bigger. Um, we did, none of them stay small ever. Um, but you know, for our bigger guys, that means I've watched a lot of other bigger, you know, bigger guys. So with these upper weights, I have a really good idea of how good they are, what their skill set is, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But with some of the small guys, like I've never really watched all that much Steve Poulin or Richie Figueroa. And so my ability to give you a critique or feedback on those guys is much reduced to say some of the upper weights where, you know, our guys have wrestled, say Facundo, right? Our guys have had to wrestle him mm-hmm. or someone to that effect. Got it. Um, yeah. All right. Well, 944, probably don't have time for another one. Um, I will carry some of these over to tomorrow's show because there are some yeah. very, very, very good ones. Tomorrow's show, Kabraki has promised an alien hour. Yeah. It has to do with Ooh. something very concerning. <laughs> if you saw my Instagram Uh-oh. story, you know what I'm worried about. There's, I don't even know if we want to tease this out. It's something I found in the new house. He moved and he found oh, tarot geez. cards. And if that wasn't bad enough, he brought those to work. <laughs> okay. And started. I don't know what those are. Tarot cards? Well, basically, I, I Satan's cards. It's like the, oh, these well, cards that are. Like, well, thank you goodness. Go, you go to somebody and they like predict your future based on these cards. There's like a death mm. card. and. Um, oh, geez. Yeah, it's got some bad juju around with yeah. it. Um, you, you a, lot of, a lot of people concerned about it. Oh, Colin Moore oh. hit me up. He's like, this is not good. Yeah. Colin Col- Moore's concerned. Colby told me to move. Yeah. My mom told me not to mess with him. <laughs> See? Told me to, uh, my mom told me to throw him away. Monica knows. <laughs> Listen, these are them. They're bad. They're bad. Well, hey. I got them in my backpack right now. They're in his backpack right now. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, this God. is not good. Anyways. <laughs> We're gonna we'll do a tarot card deep dive tomorrow and why they're bad. Thank you guys so much for listening. We'll be back tomorrow. Hey, tonight, eight o'clock central, nine eastern. I don't know where you live, honestly. Wherever you Six live. Six West Coast. Yes, Chael Sonnen. When you ask. That's when Bad Blood comes out. Please make sure that you watch it. You will like it. It's uh, very, very good. And that's all I'll say about it. Thank you so much. Have a good day. <laughs>